Well, hey, listen, glad to have you here today. Now, uh, webinar number two in our Legacy Goals series. This is exciting, so let me bring it up and let's walk through it. I know y'all, you're busy, you've got other things to do, so, so let's, let's get to it, let's get rocking. Okay, Legacy Goals Series 2. Whose pipe dream was this anyway? Boy, I, I sure asked myself that a few times uh, as a contractor when I'd say, you know, how did I get started? Why am I doing this? Surely there's got to be an easier way to make a living. And I think one of the questions that I asked myself many times was this. Why didn't I go to college like my mother told me to? <laughs> okay, well, anyway, uh, uh, let's talk about it. Okay. And of course, I got to give you the disclaimer again, tell you I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a CPA, not your tax advisor, not your investment counselor, I'm not your insurance agent, surely, but so, so let's just talk as friends and business people. Just a quick little recap, why are we building a legacy? You know what, let me just, I just got off the phone um, probably 10 minutes ago with a friend of mine, Michael Farias, he owns the Plumbing Doctor franchises in uh, uh, out of uh, out of Nevada, I believe, or California, uh, great guy, and um, I was just talking to him about uh, legacy a little bit, and asking him, you know, uh, what kind of a legacy do he, does he have? Well, his son runs their uh, their whole franchise operation, and uh, he mostly travels, and he works with uh, mission groups. He's uh, got invitations on his desk right now to go to Nicaragua. Africa, Cuba, several other places. And so uh, he has the time and the resources to do things like that. So he's at a season in his life where he has built a legacy that is, is solid enough that he has freedom. And so that's what I want for you. I want you to have freedom. You know, in our lives, and, and sometimes I... I so, sometimes I like when you can see me because I think then you can see my emotion. Did you ever want to win the lottery? <laughs> and, and if you did, why was it? And, and why didn't you buy a ticket anyway? Well, if we bought a lottery ticket, what were we hoping for? Freedom. Hoping to think, oh, I don't have to worry about money again. I don't have to worry about paying my bills, right? Well, see, that all is kind of like legacy. What we want is to get to a place where we're confident in life. So let's talk about that. Let me move that out of the way. Last month, we talked about eliminating debt. Firming up your foundation by eliminating debt. It's very, very important that you take that first step. We, we agreed last month. It does not happen all at once. It's not going to happen in a day, right? It may take time, but because of using a system uh, a menu system like the new flat rate, move some of that new money. Move the new money from your company. Start to move it into a separate bank account. Why? Before you start spending it. It's easy to just start spending more money, and we'll talk more about that today. So uh, we talked about starting uh, getting a separate bank account and starting to build 20000 in that and then pay our bills and get to where our checking account has 20000 Or if you're a little larger, have 40000 in savings, 40000 in your checking account, 50-50. I think I told you where this comes from. Uh, I think I did. Maybe I didn't. This comes from my brother, who is a contractor, and he called me one time and said, I'm going to buy another boat. And I said, you already have a boat. 
He's got a beautiful Mastercraft boat. It's got a nice LT1 Corvette engine. It's a great boat. He says, yeah, but I can buy uh, another Mastercraft. I think I can get it for about 45000 and it's an $80,000 boat. I said, you don't need it. He says, yeah, but I think I can get it. I said, well, don't. Anyway, he called me a week later, and we were talking about some stuff, and I said, you bought the boat, didn't you? Oh, yeah, he says, I bought the boat. I had talked to my brother uh, several years back and asked him, how do you know when you can spend money? He says, my baseline is $75,000. As long as I have $75,000 in liquid assets available to me, he said, then if I want to buy a new truck for $40,000, I will have to have $40,000 above the 75,000, which means I actually have to have 100 and, what is that, 105,000? Somebody do the math for me. So, yeah, right, $105,000. No, 115,000. And uh, so when he bought that boat for like 45,000, that tells me he did not touch his 75,000. But he told me, Rodney, I did not start with $75,000 baseline. I started with $500 years ago, and then 1,000, and then 2,000. And then I wouldn't spend anything unless I had 5,000 in reserve. He said, over the years, I built it up to 75,000. He said, that is my baseline. Now, so you see where I've, I've given some baselines of 2020 up to 50-50, and that's why. Get a financial foundation so you can move forward, okay? So here's a question. Did anybody take a step this in the last month to eliminate the curse of death, of debt? Did you take a step? Well, I'll tell you what I did. Um, just, you know, my background is a contractor. Now I'm the founder of the new flat rate. And, uh, but you know what? I hadn't went and opened up a separate bank account, a bank account, a savings account in a separate bank. So this past month, that's what I did. After we talked about this last month, I went to a bank, a separate bank, and I opened a savings account. Do you know, it, ta it, got, it takes over an hour. I bet I was there an hour and a half just to open a savings account. It's actually a big deal. There's as much paperwork as it is to buy a car, for goodness sakes. But I did it. Put some money in it, and guess what? I'm actually excited now about sliding money over to that bank that I won't be touching. And uh, so that's, that's pretty cool, pretty exciting. So my question to you is, what did you do? Did anybody do anything this past month? Did, you, did anybody take that step? If you did, type it in, because I want to share it with people, okay? All right, let's move on a little bit. <coughs> so whose pipe dream is this anyway? So this is about how to make right decisions. That's why we have to make a, a conscious decision to get debt-free so that we can make right decisions. So the next step to financial freedom, freedom and a firm legacy is how do you make decisions from a place of power, not destitution? Now, here's the problem with avoiding pipe dreams. And, and we're going to talk in just a minute. We're going to talk about pipe dreams and how to avoid them. <laughs> But what exactly is a pipe dream? Well, and, oh, oh and, uh, now by the way, a lot of times I'll introduce a subject and explain it a few minutes later. I, I don't know, that's just kind of how I am. But a pipe dream is like this guy right here. He probably had a dream one day to ride a motorcycle uh, uh, in the surf. 
And look, he's doing it. But that's really a pipe dream, isn't it? More than likely, that picture is very nicely photoshopped. And did you ever want to do something that just seemed like such a great idea? And you, you invested time and money into it. I'll tell you what a pipe dream is, okay? Uh, back in about 1970, 70, 78, 1978 or 79, because my son Dallas was uh, just about ready to be born, and he is about 36 years old now. Uh, we lived right on the Canadian border in northern Minnesota in a place where people do not, not only they don't lock their doors, nobody takes the keys out of their cars. Because why would you? I followed a pipe dream. I saw an ad in a magazine, you know, basically how to get rich by selling security systems. And they said, we will pay, we will pay your your airfare to Dallas, Texas, or we'll pay half of it. So I flew down to Dallas, Texas, and I w attended a two-day seminar on how to get rich selling home security systems. Can you believe it? I went to the bank and borrowed $4,000 and bought that stupid home security business and went back to northern Minnesota where you couldn't sell a security. How, how do you sell a security system? Somebody doesn't even lock their doors, for goodness sakes. That was a pipe dream. Doesn't mean it wasn't a good business for somebody living in Chicago. But for me, for where I live, it was absolute stupidity. It was just a pipe dream. It was not only a waste of $4,000, but it was a waste of my time and my effort. And it was one more thing that shattered my confidence. One more thing that hurt. You know, <laughs> have any of you ever been there? You're looking at a face that hurt. <laughs> See, that's what a pipe dream does to you. It shatters your confidence because you put hope in it. And the problem is we, uh, we, 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 we learn habits, don't we? See, the reason the new flat rate works so well is that people have habitual buying patterns. It's a habit. Well, I've always had a habit of buying pipe dreams. So... How do we change that habit? Well, we change it by making right decisions. So here, let's take a look at some. So let's, 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 utilize, let's utilize our knowledge. And let's go ahead here. Let me move a couple of things here because sometimes I just think it helps uh, if you can see my expressions. Ah, you know, good or bad, I don't know. But, but uh, here's three, three ways to look at something. Is it, is it a good decision? Is it a bad decision? Is it untimely? See, maybe it's a good, good decision, but it's just a bad time, you know? Maybe it's a bad decision, and it's, a, and it's a bad time. So let's take a look at some things that have captured our attentions in the past, certainly mine. Mul okay, multi-level marketing. For those of you that don't know, this would be like, okay, um, it, might be, it might be like Amway, uh, selling something direct door-to-door, it might be like uh, selling uh, Avon or something like that. Um, is it a good decision? Well, for you right now as a contractor, you're probably not tempted to do that, right? I can understand that. But boy, there's been times in my life when I've jumped on the multi-level marketing bandwagon and put all of my time, effort, and money into it. Why? Because I was desperate to get out of the rut 
to quit being like everybody else. What did I want to be? I wanted to be, I wanted to be rich, but what I wanted to be was secure, confident, not to have to worry about so so there was a, there was a good company, for example, Amway. I was an Amway distributor when I was uh, 21 years old. Um, is Amway a good company? Hey, they're great people. They're a good company. They're a multi-billion-dollar company now. But at the time when I was, ju- I had just got, it was, I was in my first year of marriage. No, uh, it wasn't. I don't know. It was just an education. How about this Ponzi schemes? We have to watch Ponzi schemes, don't we? Because the Ponzi scheme simply meaning is it's too good to be true. And so somebody says, hey, I invested money in this, and I made a ton of money. And, but then when you invest in it, what happens? Well, it's too late. You see, Ponzi schemes are, obvi- are, are often too good to be true, but they're good for a little while. And then they fall apart. And you, you can lose a lot of money. But now you're, you're trying to build your contracting business. So would that be a good or a bad? Untimely. You're going to be tempted as your money goes into your bank account to do things with it. We're, we're going to develop a plan. And the plan is not to invest it in a bunch of crazy get-rich-quick programs. Okay? Maybe you've always wanted uh, that new Cadillac. Um, I actually went and bought my wife a new Yukon in, in 2003 because I had $50,000 in my pocket. I had sold a, sold a job to a chicken processing plant when nobody wanted to do the work, and I made a ton of money. And uh, I see, here's what I knew about me back then. If I had $50,000 in my pocket and I hadn't paid all my bills... I knew I would go buy a new Cadillac because from the time I was a child, uh, all I wanted in life was someday to own a new Cadillac. And I knew I would do that and it would be a stupid decision. So I went and bought my wife a Yukon, gave it to her for our 27th anniversary. And uh, um, I'm actually still driving it today. (laughs) I love it. So... We c- so let's wait and make decisions. So that wasn't such a, a it wasn't a great decision, by the way. Um, it turned out okay. I should have just paid off all my debts. But here's what I knew as a contractor. I knew if I paid all my debts, I'd just get in debt again. That's why we buy stuff as contractors. When we have money, we're afraid that we won't. So here's what's changing. We're changing our legacy by building a firm financial foundation so we get out of the habit of making decisions out of fear, the fear that we can't make this decision in uh, three months or six months as a result of we won't have any money. Real estate investing, is that a good idea? A bad idea? Is it untimely? Well, first, you get your 2020, get 20,000 in the bank there, 20,000 in checking, and then talk about it. And then what's the first real estate investment you probably should make? You You should consider uh, if you're leasing your office space, uh, then you should consider buying it. You probably can't buy it from the people that are renting it to you. So you should consider, should we move and buy something? But I will tell you this, at the 2020 level, it's probably still a little too soon for that conversation. We need to get way beyond that. Maybe when you have 50000 in savings, 50000 in checking, we can have that decision. But for right now, it's a good decision, but it's untimely.
We're not ready for that yet, and I'll show you why. Because in making right decisions, what we're doing today is we're saying, let's learn how to protect ourselves from wrong decisions. They might be good, but we're not ready for them, and so that might be a wrong decision because you need that money. I'm going to show you what you need for in a minute. Okay, motivation seminars. Gosh, I love motivation seminars, and you know, you can just about name them, and I've been to hear them. The problem is, today I got invited to a free seminar. There's going to be 10 big-name speakers. Hey, I would love to go, but what do I know now at my age? Every one of those speakers is going to have a rush-the-platform opportunity. Come right now and buy right now. And they're all trained to sell off the platform. And they'll be selling $1,000 programs all day. My shelves are full of $1,000 programs, so I don't need to do that right now. Not that, not that they're bad. Some of the best things in my life came out of going to, going to motivation seminars, rah-rah seminars. Uh, lot, uh, believe me, that kind of stuff has kept me propped up and kept me working when others would have quit. So it's not bad. It's just let's look at good or bad. Or is it timely? Is this a good time to be doing it? If, if you're starting to build your foundation, starting to build up that savings account, then I've got something for you to do. And, it'll, and it will be exciting. Business planning seminars. Um, and, that, and someplace here I also have, uh, well, I've got it there twice, because I meant to write um, business planning consultants. And we've got several kinds of consultants that, that will come. And I've paid for them. You've probably paid them. I've had them come in at hundreds and hundreds of dollars an hour, plus airfare and hotel and all of that, to show me how to fix my business. But I was broke, destitute, desperate, and frustrated at the time. I was not capable of making right decisions or long-lasting decisions. The first time they came into, into my business was in the mid-90s. And I remember spending $14,000 with them before the week was over. And boy, I, I still benefit from what I learned. See, I actually learned a lot. But after they left, it didn't build my business because I didn't have a foundation, see. The time to, to do serious business planning is after the foundation. So we've got, we're, we're building the money, and now we're going to talk about what to do with that money, and then we're going to get to a place where we can start to make these long-term business plans. You see, here's the problem with business plans. And, and I've got lots of friends that have business planning seminars. They do consulting and training. But here's the problem. Most business plans, even if you buy the software, are based on Fortune 500 companies. You should have this much for accounting, this much in investments. Uh, you, should have, you should have people doing this, this, and this. The problem is you are not, you're not IBM, see? You're not Hewlett-Packard. And those people, they don't understand the construction company. I mean, if I had to guess, I would say that, you're, you, that your, uh, that your um, CPA doesn't even understand a construction company, certainly not an in-home service company, okay? So there's, there's a time to develop that long-term business plan, that secure business plan. As for today, here's your business plan today. Stop spending money, okay? Um, uh, build up your 2020, then, then pay down debt, then if you like it, 
if you like having 20000 in the bank, 20000 in checking account, with all your bills paid, all your debt gone, then I'm going to show you how to get more of the same, okay? Then we're going to increase that foundation, and we're, what we're going to do is do things to protect it. So let's move on. Peer groups, uh, best practices groups. You know, um, my gosh, 1996, I heard about uh, 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 CSG. It was a good outfit, and I tried to join. I don't even know what it cost to join, but they said I couldn't because somebody had, had first dibs on my market. So they called me back a couple weeks later, said they decided to pick up the option and buy the area, and so you can't join. I thought, oh, man, it sounded so good. I wanted so much to be a part of that and uh, uh, have that free sharing with other contractors. So then I went looking for another one, and I found uh, uh, Contractors 2000, which is now called Nexstar. It, it, it's a good organization. It's good people. I mean, it's some of the best, you know, top-grade contractors. There's some great guys there. Well, guess what? I joined that, and it was in 1996. And I had been doing pretty good, but in 1996, I started making wrong decisions. I bought a heating and air company, which, which wouldn't have been a bad decision if I hadn't screwed it up and, and went into a lot of debt. Um, I bought 10, count them, 10 scissor lifts. Why? I was going to rent scissor lifts and get rich. <laughs> Oh, well, that was a pipe dream. You know, if you're not a guy that knows how to knock on door and rent scissor lifts, you're going to have a lot of scissor lifts sitting in your, in your lot. Um, but I joined Nexstar. I learned a lot from Nexstar. At that time, it was, it was like around $8,500 to join, I think $5,800 a year in dues, and, uh, and, and I went to meetings, you know. So, so I probably was spending ten dollars or $12,000 a year. I learned a lot. It's a good organization, and I learned a lot. But I got virtually no, no long-term benefit in my company from it because they were teaching me to do things that were successful for companies that had 20 trucks and a half a million dollars in the bank. And see, that wasn't me. I, was, I, was, uh, I had a $3,800 a month payment on... Uh, Oops, let me see if I can turn that off. I had a $3,800 a month payment on those scissor lifts. See, I was in a bad place. So I couldn't make, I couldn't make a decision like joining Nexstar and it be a good decision at the time because everything they were teaching me cost a ton of money. Do all this marketing. Shoot, I didn't have the money for that. Do this. I didn't have the You need to have the perfect truck with the perfect technician. You need to have all these aluminum racks. You need to have, hey, they were pushing $65,000 service trucks at the time. You know, uh, F500, F600 Ford Top Kicks. Or so, what? That's crazy. At the time, that was crazy. And a lot of guys practically went belly up trying to find that. Was it bad information? No, but it wasn't designed for me, see? They didn't understand a contractor that was, that was broke and poor and desperate. But I joined them, and I spent $68,000 being a member for the next uh, four and a half years. Did I learn? Yes. You learn from your education. But imagine if I'd have found somebody that said, hey, Rodney, your phones are ringing off the hook. Let's just put a ton of money in your bank. Let's. Do you realize 
If I had had the advice I'm giving you right now, not saying it's so great, but the advice I'm giving you coupled with the new flat rate, if I'd had it back then, I'd had 50000 in the bank so fast because the calls were just coming in like crazy, see? But I was out following the big company pipe dreams, trying to be like those guys. So when I joined the best practices groups, everybody was walking around in suits, acting like we all needed to be big shot businessmen. So is Nexstar a bad thing? No, but it's the wrong thing if you're not ready, if you're not ready for it. It won't help you. You'll, take, you'll spend a bunch of money. You'll hang out with a lot of nice people, but no, it will not help you build your legacy the way you need to build it. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's the wrong time for it. So um, franchises, should you buy a franchise? Well, I told you, I have friends that sell fan franchises. Um, but the answer to buying a franchise is if you're going to buy it, hoping it'll get you out of debt, get you out of frustration and struggling, no. No, you're not ready to make that decision. That will not build your legacy. Three, four, five years down the road, if you make it that far, you'll be looking for a way to get out of it. Okay? So you have to do these things at the right time if you're going to do it. Should you join local organizations like the Lions, Rotary, etc.? Is that a good decision, a bad one, or untimely? I'm going to say that's a good decision. You need to fraternize with your local community. But how do you choose what to, what to, which one to join? They're good. You, the Lions, the Rotary, th there's good organizations. Find one that has people like you, maybe has some of your friends in it, that meets on a regular basis and go hang out and enjoy it and participate because you will get so much business out of it. You'll get good business advice. You'll meet people that'll be friends for life. But if you go join one like I did one time and it was just a small group, there wasn't much going on, you see, that was a bad mistake. Go join one that's happening, that has a lot of people and it has people that can do business with you Go join, join organizations that are exciting and, and that have great people in them. I think that's very good to do. Hiring on-site on consultants uh, depends. Um, it just depends. It depends if they can help you make your long-term plan. So there's some, there's some that are really good. Um, we've hired consultants to, to show us how to build a team, how to hire the right people. Hey, that we still look back and that was money well spent i've hired consultants to anyway business planning uh, uh, should you buy a new business hey that's a good decision but is it a timely decision so so you can list all kinds of things but ask yourself is it good bad untimely um should we maybe we should start another business well yeah maybe you should but have you reaped the benefits have you maximized the business that you're in right now Several webinars ago, we, we started about, we talked about simplify your plan, then clarify it, then maximize it, then multiply it, okay? So somebody's asked us, they'd say, well, the new flat rate, why is it that you only concentrate on heating, air, electric, and plumbing when you could, because we, we ha haven't even scratched the surface and we're still trying to, trying to maximize the opportunity, and tweak and learn before before we expand it. I don't know if we'll ever expand it, um, but anyway, that's the same with same with the heating and air business, electrical business. Build your niche. 
strengthen your foundation in your niche, and then go farther. Now, should I take on a partner? Well, the way you decide if you should take on a partner is the way a single woman decides if she should marry an ugly man. This depends on his bank account. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Sorry about that, but we're all friends here. Um, there are partners that, that would be good partners. As a general rule, you shouldn't take on a partner, and here's why. Most businesses don't have enough cash for two people to dip into it. They don't have enough cash for two people to decide how it should be spent. So um, um, there's times when partnership works. Uh, but when you're building, when you're growing, when you're coming out of times of frustration, that's, pr that's not the time to do it. And look at the next one. Should I hire a general manager? You see, these two are they're related like this. Now, now let me tell you why. And I'll use, I'll use my own self as an example because I don't want to hurt your feelings and suggest that you would have made a decision this way. Okay? The first time I hired a manager um, uh, was when I was building my electrical company. And I thought, well, gee, if I hire a manager, they can help it grow. They'll know what to do. They'll what was I really looking for? I was looking for a CEO, see? Because I was an entrepreneur. I was an electrician. And, and I started a business, and there was an awful lot that I didn't know. I thought I could hire a manager, and the business would come into shape. I did that several times. Every time I did it, it cost me at least what that person's payroll was. In other words, I got virtually no benefit out of it. Because when an entrepreneur hires a manager, the entrepreneur backs off and goes, oh, good, now everything will be fine. Now, what does the manager actually need to do? They need to build the business. They need to knock on doors. They need to make, make uh, partnerships with, with, with uh, they need to go find customers. They need to build the customer base, hire the perfect technicians, um, uh, hire and train the install teams. They, they need to, to, to set up the inventory. They need to set the flow of the office, make sure we have the right people, and, the, and they need to just build the business. First of all, if they can do that, you can't afford them. Second of all, if they say they can do that and you can afford them, they probably can't do that, okay? So what you're looking for is you're looking for somebody that is already probably a vice president of a Fortune 500 company. That's what you're looking for, but you probably can't afford them yet. So what we're going to do is we're going to – now maybe you have that guy, by the way – Maybe you got lucky, you know. For example, you know that my daughter runs the new flat rate. Believe it. You know, those of you that know me, you say, oh, Rodney, oh, no, my daughter runs this company. What, I, what do I do? I talk to, I talk to people like you. Uh, my daughter runs it. She hires people. She runs this company. I don't, I, I don't even have any checks. I'm not even a signer on the checking account. Because <laughs> we know what would happen if I was. <laughs> I would have a new four-wheel drive pickup out there every, every chance I got. So you, see, you hear what I'm saying? I got lucky because one of my children, through an awful lot of blood, sweat, and tears, became a good manager. If you have that, well, then that's good. If you don't, 
Well, then you need to develop it. But you can, we're going to start by simplifying, okay? So that's why we're, we're going to get out of debt. We're going to start with money in the bank, and we're going to start spending money where we build our foundation, and then we can start building our team, our management team, et cetera, et cetera. A friend, a very close friend of mine uh, I talked to last week, a year ago he had a heart attack, almost died. The doctors uh, saved, saved him on the operating table. Three months after that, he had a brain uh, tumor, or a brain blood clot in his brain. They had to do emergency surgery, take out almost half of his skull, and uh, they saved his life again. They thought he was going to die, saved his life on the table. My friend is an electrical contractor. 20 years ago, he was an electrician that worked for me. I knew that he would start his own company just because he was a local boy that everybody loved. Everybody wanted him to do their work. And so I told him, I said, Greg, you're going to start your own business one day. Oh, no, no, Rodney, I'll, I'm going to work for you. I said, no, Greg, you're going to start your own business. I just know you will. And back then, we were doing a lot of industrial work, which is, which is negotiated. And so one day he came to me and he said, you're right, Rodney, I'm going to start my own company. And he said, uh, he says, one of my friends is a, is a superintendent at a manufacturing plant, and he wants me to give him a price on this job. Greg was still working for me. He was on salary with me, and him and I worked, did, did the estimate. By the way, he had been a professional estimator just like me. And so I, we, we worked on the estimate together. It was a $45,000 job. He bid the job. He got the job, and he stayed working with me until I had replaced him so that he would not hurt me and, and then started the other job. He's, he's still a cl very, very close friend today. Well, he almost died twice on the operating table, but guess what? Um, he, he, for a year, he was gone from his business. I mean, one day he's there, the next day he's, he's on the emergency room uh, operating table. Do you know his business? Never, never, they didn't have any trouble at all. That's how powerful his management team was, and they went to bat for him. They, they're running about 35 electricians, uh, very good company. And so now my friend, is uh, he's, he's got a, uh, uh, him and his wife and his kids are relaxing still. He's recovering. And right now they're at some campground, I think, in South Georgia or Florida. Uh, he's out with his diesel truck and his fifth wheel, and they're just kind of going wherever they want. He doesn't even have to check in uh, at the office. Uh, matter of fact, uh, last week, he went down to the Chevy dealer and bought a brand new pickup and brought it over to the office and just gave it to his manager. Um, hey, wouldn't you like a legacy like that? Wouldn't you like to be in a position that you have a strong foundation, a strong management team in place, and then you, you are free to, to grow, to work with your family, to, to either to relax, to retire, or maybe to go do something else, or then to start building your business even more, bringing in other businesses, or go consulting and helping other, other people. That's why we're building a legacy, okay? So let's talk about a couple of other things here. Let me get my smiling face out of there for a minute. Oh, here we go. Now, should we do marketing? Should we hire employees? Should we uh, buy trucks? Should we get more technicians? Oops. 
we're going to be talking about this as we go into a new program that's coming up, uh, hopefully within the next month or two. Okay, and it's called the next step. But 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 one of the steps that's important in building your legacy is this: repeat what worked in the past and build on your foundation. So let's say we get our security, and now now we say, "Wow, I've got twenty thousand in the bank, or whatever. I've got money in my checking account. Now what?" When you get to that point, your number one concern has to be, excuse me, how do I protect this? How could it go away? Well, what if the phone stopped ringing? Okay? That is your number one concern. We want to and we need to start to build on what got us here. Your call volume your incoming, your new business, and your existing business. So, where do you spend your money? When you start to build that money, I want you to start to think about spending your money, number one, on customer retention. How do I keep what I have? Do my customers love me? Are they loyal? Will, will they be tempted to, to call some other plumber, some other electrician, uh, when they see a fancy advertising campaign, a fancy truck, or when their uncle says, hey, I'm using, uh, I'm using uh, Joe's heating and air, and you should too. Number one, you keep what you've built. Somebody told me earlier today, they said, you know, my, my customer base, which means my list, the people that we've worked for over these last 30 years, it's about 35,000. I've got about 35,000 people. And he says, another company asked if they could borrow my database for marketing. He says, are you crazy? I've spent my life building this, this base, uh, this resource, these people who, I'm, who I have a relationship with. No, he says, I won't share it. How big is the pool that you're swimming in? Okay. How many fish are in it? How many are falling out of the sides and dying or going to another pool? Number one, I want you to be thinking about customer retention. What do we do to keep these people? Do you have, and now in a minute we'll, we can talk about other things. Do you have a newsletter program? Okay. Do you have any kind of a program in, in place where you're contacting these people other than just calling them once or twice a year saying, hey, it's time for your service agreement, right? Okay. Rule number one in customer retentive dialogue, always give them something that they want. You say, well, what do they want? <laughs> Here's rule number two. <laughs> Tell them what they want. Okay. <laughs> so for example, for example, um, when I wanted all of my customers' emails, back about 10 years ago, uh, in my company, which was called Mass and Gill Heating and Air at the time, we said, we, we need to be, have emails. How do we get them? Well, I got my 16-year-old son. I think he was 16. He might have been 14 or 15. We totally believe in child labor at my house. And I said, you're going to go through these lists, and you're going to call everybody. 
And here, first, but step one, we actually sent everybody a postcard. That way he could just call them and say, hey, uh, this is Michael Cope, and uh, my, my dad said I had to call you and just ask if you got that big yellow postcard. And then, uh, of course, most of them, some would know. Some would, most of them would say, oh, yeah, 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 we got that. That was really nice. That's why we sent that giant yellow postcard. And then he would say, oh, I'm so glad, because it just simply tells about a free duct inspection that, that my dad's doing. He's going around next week to do that. And, uh, and if you got an, if you get, uh, uh, let me have your email, I'll just go ahead and send you the details. Oh, and by the way, my dad also said to send you um, my mom's favorite, um, favorite pork recipe, or I don't know what it was, some, some recipe. He asked me to send you uh, my mom's favorite such and such a recipe. Uh, what's your email? And then they would immediately give him the email. Why? Because we told them what they wanted. They wanted that recipe. <laughs> it was an easy call because the call was just to say, hey, did you get that postcard we sent? You see, so my son didn't have to have any fear of rejection. And then they would just gladly hand over the email because they wanted something. Why did they want it? Because we told them they wanted it. All right. So step one, customer retention. Now we go deeper into customer retention in another program uh, that we're still developing. But I, I told you about step one because I want to tell you a little bit about step two, which is bringing in new business. Okay. Because the way that we're going to build, okay, how do we make a decision on do we need another truck? Do we need another technician? I know that most of you are probably thinking, I don't have enough technicians now. <gasps> well, good, good, because you've identified a need that, look, up, look, 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 it's good. Should I hire a new technician? Yeah, that'd be a good thing because I desperately need another technician, okay? How do I know? Because the phone's ringing with good jobs, okay? So that's good. Okay, now you're putting money in the bank. You're building money in your checking account. So does that make it easier for you to solve that problem? You can say, well, uh, it's been tough. You know, there's, we can't find technicians. We can't find them. They're not around. Well, hold it, hold it. What if you had an extra $100,000 in the bank or 50 or a million dollars? Now you tell me you can't find anybody? You see, when you have resources, <coughs> then number one, you can afford to, to um, outsource, to hire somebody that knows how to find that person. Maybe you hire a recruiting service. And in the heating, air, electric, and plumbing, there's a lot of uh, uh, consultants who do that type of thing. So maybe now is the time to spend money with a consultant, okay? Or number two, if you can't find technicians, maybe it's time to think about paying them more. You see, the reason you have more money is because your business is working better and you're making more money. Well, are we going to pay people more? Not until we solve this other problem and get our debt paid, get our bills paid, get money in the bank so the company is strong. Once it's strong, we can afford to pay more for technicians. Why? Because we can now afford to do better marketing, more directed marketing. Why? The, the reason we didn't hire people in the past and pay them enough money is because we didn't know what might happen if it got slow in, in, in next month. And it doesn't matter what we're paying them. If they're not busy, if they don't have work, they'll probably quit and go someplace else. Those are the first holes in your bucket. The first problems you solve, number one, 
customer retention. Number two, new business. And if you need if you need more technicians, how do you decide whether you need a technician or not? When? When you can't keep up with good work. If you're just running around doing cheap work, well then you really just need to prioritize what you're doing. Okay? But if you've got good work coming in and you can't keep up to good work, we can afford to bring in a good man. You have resources now that you can actually find and hire good people. In another program, we also talk about developing your team. How do you know if you have the right team or not? Have you developed the right team? Let's get the right technicians who want to work for us, who love working for us, who can't see themselves working anywhere else, and then let's build a strong future and foundation and relationship with them. So number one, let's retain, let's protect our asset of our customer base. And number two, let's, let's, let's make the decision on whether we need new technicians or not. And then, and then number three, which is really goes before that, how do we bring in more, more calls? Why? Remember, our call volume, our menu pricing system, and other things, okay, brought us to a place where our bank account grows. Now, do we want more of that? Then we repeat and build. We repeat and build. Okay? We repeat what works, and then we build on it. You might say, well, this is, gee, Rodney, tell me something new. This is basic. Oh, yeah, this isn't anything fancy, but it is basic, and basic is what builds our foundation. So when do you need new trucks? Well, you need new trucks when you have the money in the bank so that you can buy them, but when you have the business. So let's, let's number one, let's start looking at our company and say, what could really hurt us? If the phone stopped ringing, if our existing customers started going someplace else, and if we lost, if we lost our, our, our employees. So we're going to start building that foundation as, as part of our legacy. So today, legacy number two, which was whose pipe dream is this anyway? I hope that your contracting business, that now you see it as no more just a pipe dream, just a hope, just something where you hope that one day it would help you to, to, to be solid and secure and feel confident about your future and the future of your company, okay? Uh, uh, what, I'm, what we're saying is let's get our company to where it's no longer a pipe dream. It is secure. And then... Let's analyze all these other pipe dreams. And you're, there's, the more you're financially secure, the more you're going to be tempted to make these wrong decisions. So my message today, don't buy any pipe dreams. Don't make wrong decisions. Is it good? Is it bad? And is this a good time? Is it timely? Okay? Let's make those decisions. Defend, defend our, our customer base. Look at our team, solidify our team, and then let's go get more of the players that we need. Let's make sure that we have the call volume coming in. So this is a lot to think about today. See, today is about analyzing and thinking about what do we have, how do we move, future, how, how do we move ahead. Make sure you've done what we talked about last month. Get those, and the, those of you that are listening, hey, go, go open a personal savings account too, not just a company. Every, let's everybody get out of debt. And let's, let's move forward. So if there's any questions, go ahead and type them in. Or, again, send me emails. Um, but I think this is probably enough for today. I want you to know that, uh, uh, obviously, we're here for you anytime. 
We do have a two-day uh, refresher class that starts actually just in a few days, next Monday and Tuesday. And then we've got another one uh, in July, July 18th and 19th. Those of you that have came to our refresher days here in Dalton, Georgia, um, we've got nothing but great reviews from people going back and seeing the results and building long-term results. Uh, so our next member day is July 21st next month. And uh, until then, uh, it's been great, and I look forward to hearing from you. All right, have a great day. Mm -hmm.